So grace and peace to you, dear kindred, in the name of God, our creator, Jesus, our savior, and the spirit that sustains us. Amen. I don't know if you could tell, but I feel a little intimidated by our gospel today. Let's be honest, the gospel reading from Matthew is maybe not one I would have chosen, especially for my first Sunday preaching as the PLM pastor. Um, Nothing says welcome to the world like hitting it hard. Uh, But that's, you know, the joy and the challenge of what we have in this revised common lectionary where we get readings bit by bit and they, they show up every three years or based on calendars. We don't always hear this one, but this year we do and we get a little bit. Now a little bit of context is this is also still part of the Sermon on the Mount which started a few weeks ago with the Beatitudes, with the blessed R's, and continued last week. And it actually, we're not gonna hear the the rest of it. The rest would continue next week, but it's transfiguration. And so we're jumping from the beginning of Jesus' ministry to the very middle of Jesus' ministry and kind of making our way to the end very quickly. We're kind of time travelers. And that makes it hard when we get something challenging like what we've heard today and try to figure out what do we do with it, not just in the context of what Jesus is saying, but also in our lives because it comes kind of disjointed. However, I trust and I believe that God joins us in the hard things that we have to go through. Even if it's a hard conversation and a hard look inward, God is with us and has always promised to be with us. So we can journey through this together. And after all, Jesus tells us that the cornerstone of faith and living is to love God, to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And so the rest is a conversation about how we do that and what it looks like to practice love, to restore relationships and practice reconciliation when and where it is possible. Because it is through Jesus that God reconciles us to God's own self. And it is through the cross and resurrection that God restores us through profound and provocative love and forgiveness. Because God already forgives and loves us so deeply, we can only respond by loving and forgiving others in return. And so we hold on to that while we look at these words of Jesus and what they mean for us and how we are called to more than just ourselves. Or as I appreciate uh, Luther Seminary New Testament professor Matt Skinner posed this question, from what is Jesus liberating us? From what is Jesus liberating us? I'm gonna trust that Jesus is liberating us from the impossible notion that we as individual people are solely responsible for our relationships with God and with one another. Jesus liberates us from feeling like we need to be perfect and that we have to do so with pride and instead frees us into the possibility of mistakes and humility. See, God's nature and intent for humanity from the very beginning was to be in relationship with one another. If you go all the way back, the first chapter of Genesis, which is the lyrical and very poetic version of creation, tells us that God created two humans together simultaneously in God's own image. 
And in the second version of the creation story, which is in the second chapter, God starts out with creating a single human and then creates the rest of the stuff, but then also recognizes the need for human to have a companion of similar features and qualities. And so the second human is created. We are meant to do life together, to be in community. And of course, nowadays, thankfully, that looks a lot of different ways to each of us. Some of us choose to live in a community that centers on intentional partnership with another person, or at least one other person. It may also include the addition of children into that partnership community. Some of you may call that family. Others of us choose to center our lives in a community that is related not through biology. Some of us choose community based on similar experiences, hopes, and dreams. And, I mean, we know we can survive on our own. I think a lot of us have had practice in surviving on our own through the pandemic and all of that fun. Uh, but we thrive better when we do life together. That also means that we are at risk of hurting one another, both intentionally and probably more often than not, we are at risk of hurting one another accidentally. And we may not always receive the forgiveness we seek, nor is reconciliation always possible or even healthy. It's a balance of loving God and loving neighbors and loving ourselves that hardly ever feels equal and steady. After all, we are only human, and we need God more than ever as we try to balance these things. Thankfully, God is wise, and God sees the challenges that we have with living together, and even provided early guidance through the Ten Commandments, through the Torah, the instructions, over how to best practice this intention and God-given nature of being community together. But we know it's not so simple. Nothing is a simple binary of black and white, absolute right and absolute wrong. If it were, the world would look very different. And relationships are not always an equation where A plus B equals C. They tend to be more like that abstract math that fills notebooks and chalkboards and seems to have no rational answer. Because as we grow, we grow creative. We gain knowledge. We learn from our experiences, from the experiences of others. Our perspectives are shaped both by our nature and nurture of what happens around us. And as such, our relationships with one another change. They ebb and they flow. They are easy. They are challenging. And relationships may begin and they may end. I think the hope is that we can live with integrity within ourselves and within our relationships with one another. And I think in a, in a way, our readings, all of them today, kind of highlight the importance of integrity and the hope that comes with it. So our first reading from Deuteronomy, which for context's sake, is the very end of Moses' own farewell address. It's at the end of his life. And the whole book of Deuteronomy is really kind of a historical retelling of all that the Israelite community has endured through the exodus out of Egypt and into the wandering years of wilderness. So he's kind of reflecting and then offering hope for what they can be. 
because the community has experienced the consequences of living faithfully and authentically with God, as well as the consequences of neglecting that relationship and loving other gods instead, like that golden calf that they made, among other things. And still, God calls them to choose life over death, and it's a reminder of those consequences. But still, God renews the invitation to participate with God's love at the core, where there is life and there is good. God is inviting them to choose life, to choose loving God, loving neighbors, and loving ourselves. And similarly, the psalm sings of those same reminders too, that loving God and loving others as we love ourselves is the law and command of God ultimately brings joy and more life. Even Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth calls out our human tendency to center our identity and relationship in love and other things other than God. And kind of how that tendency also brings quarrels and jealousy and broken relationships with one another. Because Paul reminds us that in our baptisms, we are marked with the cross of Christ. And we are called beloved in with and through Jesus' own death and resurrection. We are not baptized into our Savior Lutheran Church or Purdue Lutheran Ministry or whatever congregation or setting was the physical location of your baptism. We are also not baptized into the family of our biology or legal standings. We are baptized into the body of Christ, into the community of the faithful who look to and listen for and strive to live out this love that we have already received unconditionally from God. And then we hear, again, this section from the Sermon of the Mount where Jesus speaks as one fulfilling the law, as one who brings our relationship with God and one another into renewed focus and with greater nuance. Because it isn't as simple as don't kill, don't commit adultery, don't break your vows. Our relationships with one another are part of our response to the love that God has for us. But that also doesn't mean that our relationships with one another are worth more than God's love for us. God asks us to choose life and choose good. God loves us into life and into good. Our human relationships don't always love us into life and into good. And sometimes it might just be the better and safer choice to let human relationships be complete and separated. I'm wondering if any of you, maybe older folks, remember flipping through Luther's small catechism in Sunday school or confirmation? Anyone by any chance have a copy of your catechism with you? <laughs> no? <sighs> well, uh, there's an app for it, first of all. There, of course there is, and, and it's the ELW version too, so there you go, you could have it with you. <laughs> it's worth another look from time, time and again. Uh, but just in case, let me remind you that this is what Luther writes regarding a few of these commandments, and I'm kind of paraphrasing here. We are to fear and love God so that we neither endanger nor harm the lives of our neighbors, but instead help and support them in all of life's needs. We are to fear and love God 
so that we lead pure and decent lives in word and in deed. That's integrity. And each of us loves and honors his, her, or their spouse. We are to fear, love, and trust God above all things. To love God is to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And we are freed from perfection, freed for love and community that is honest and practices forgiveness and seeks integrity while trusting God's promise that we belong and we are beloved. Our responses to that love don't make life in relationship with one another easy, but they do make life in relationship with one another possible. And we can trust that wherever we may fail, God in Christ Jesus is right there with us, raising us into new life again and again and again, that we may always try. And when we try, there is hope. Amen.